Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is the third Sunday in Advent. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who see how your people faithfully await the feast of the Lord's Nativity, enable us, we pray, to attain the joys of so great a salvation and to celebrate them always with solemn worship and glad rejoicing. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. Let the wilderness and the dry lands exult. Let the wasteland rejoice and bloom. Let it bring forth flowers like the jonquil. Let it rejoice and sing for joy. The glory of Lebanon is bestowed on it. The splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen all weary hands. Steady all trembling knees. And say to all faint hearts, Courage, do not be afraid. Look, your God is coming. Vengeance is coming. The retribution of God. He is coming to save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf unsealed. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongues of the dumb sing for joy. For those the Lord has ransomed shall return. They will come to Zion shouting for joy. Everlasting joy on their faces. Joy and gladness will go with them, and sorrow and lament be ended. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, come and save us. Lord, come and save us. It is the Lord who keeps faith forever, who is just to those who are oppressed. It is He who gives bread to the hungry. The Lord who sets prisoners free. Lord, come and save us. It is the Lord who gives sight to the blind, who raises up those who are bowed down. The Lord who protects the stranger and upholds the widow and orphan. Lord, come and save us. It is the Lord who loves the just, but thwarts the path of the wicked. The Lord will reign forever. Science God from age to age. Lord, come and save us. A reading from the letter of St. James. Be patient, brothers, until the Lord's coming. Think of a farmer, how patiently he waits for the precious fruit of the ground until it has the autumn rains and the spring rains. You too have to be patient. Do not lose heart, because the Lord's coming will be soon. Do not make complaints against one another, brothers, so as not to be brought to judgment yourselves. The judge is already to be seen waiting at the gates. For your example, brothers, in submitting with patience, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He sent me to bring good news to the poor. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. 
John, in his prison, had heard what Christ was doing, and he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come, or have we got to wait for someone else? Jesus answered, Go back and tell John what you hear and see. The blind see again, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised to life, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. And happy is the man who does not lose faith in me. As the messengers were leaving, Jesus began to talk to the people about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swaying in the breeze? No? Then what did you go out to see? A man wearing fine clothes? Oh no, those who wear fine clothes are to be found in palaces. Then what did you go out for? To see a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and much more than a prophet. He is the one of whom scripture says, Look, I am going to send my messenger before you. He will prepare your way before you. I tell you solemnly, of all the children born of women, a greater than John the Baptist has never been seen. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So John the Baptist has been arrested by King Herod, and now he's in prison. And in the depth of this dark experience, he seeks consolation. He's looking for assurance. Is his cousin, Jesus of Nazareth, truly the Messiah? And so John asks his disciples to go look for Jesus and ask him, are you the one who is to come? It's a question that confronts each of us, I suppose. Is God acting in human history or are we all on our own, left to fend for ourselves? We all have our lives entrusted to us. Our existence is placed in our hands. And so I suppose life asks us the question, am I the only one I can rely upon? Am I alone to fend for myself and to seek after my own interests? The expectation for the true king of Israel is expressed beautifully in the reading which we've heard from the prophet Isaiah. Strengthen all weary hands, steady all trembling knees, and say to all faint hearts, courage, Do not be afraid. Look, your God is coming. Vengeance is coming. The retribution of God. He is coming to save you. Now, this prophecy from Isaiah is addressed to the people in a truly desperate moment. The kingdom of Judah has been utterly crushed and conquered by the Babylonians, and the temple of Jerusalem is in ruins. The leaders of Judah were carried off into exile in Babylon for 70 years. And left in their wake was a kingdom in tatters. And it's into this context that Isaiah offers these words of comfort and encouragement from the prophet Isaiah. Now, poor John the Baptist is in a pretty similar situation. Arrested, imprisoned and totally at the mercy of the brutal King Herod. And he starts to struggle and wonder, 
Is Jesus the expected one? Now, Jesus' response to John the Baptist's disciples is interesting because he doesn't answer the question directly. Instead, he responds by repeating the works of the Messiah. Go back, tell John what you hear and see. The blind see again, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised to life and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. The very things that the prophet Isaiah promises the Messiah will do on behalf of his people are the things that Jesus does for us. Just as the kingdom of Judah was helpless and at the mercy of the Babylonians, just as John the Baptist was completely in the hands of King Herod, so too is humanity afflicted and held captive by sin and sickness and death. As in the days of the exile, we're invited to turn to the Father and to look for help. And this is exactly what John the Baptist does in his own desperate incarceration. And so Jesus' life and mission proclaims to us that we're not alone, and that God, in fact, acts on our behalf. Jesus is the Anointed One. He's the Messiah who is faithful to the will of his Heavenly Father, and he touches and heals a deeply wounded humanity. Wounded in blindness, deafness, paralysis, sickness, and even to the ultimate wound of death. And the actions of the Christ reveal that God isn't distant, and that though God has entrusted our lives into our own hands, with full confidence we can entrust our lives into his Our lives need not be marked by the competition and rivalry of selfishness. Because God will act on my behalf. I don't need to rely only on myself. Jesus is still more reliable, giving me grace and gifts which I can't attain for myself. And there are those days when we languish in darkness like John the Baptist, locked in our own prisons. And a similar question may arise within us. Are you the one who is to come? Have I misplaced my hope in Jesus of Nazareth? Am I in fact truly alone in this world, full of wounded souls? Perhaps it's best for me to fend for myself and seek after my own interests. What's in these moments that Jesus points us to the witness of the disciples? Tell John what you see and hear. Jesus, the Christ, is the visible sign of God's love. He shows us how close God is to us and readily comes to the aid of humanity so wounded through sin and sickness and death. And when we turn to Christ, we see that God is close, that he takes care of us, and that in Jesus, he brings us the gift of salvation. John the Baptist asks the question, are you the one who is to come? Or have we got to wait for someone else? Above all, Advent is the season of waiting and expectation. But even the very notion of waiting, it's an interesting one. We wait for appointments, we wait for test results, we wait for the return of absent loved ones, we wait for a resolution to our worries. At the heart of our waiting 
is the hope that the present state of affairs will get better. Every time we feel a need for something, we wait, we desire, we hope. Waiting comes about because we haven't yet reached the perfection that we desire. And so we might ask ourselves, what does the human person dare to hope for? Dare we hope to wait for perfection, for the fullness of happiness and joy? When we read our hopes and our desires, we find that they're limitless. Never do we find ourselves hoping that we'll be happy, but not too happy. Never do we find ourselves hoping that we'll be joyful, but not too joyful. It just keeps going. More happiness, more joy. When we read our hopes and desires, we discover that they're never fully satisfied. We continue to hope, to desire, to wait upon this fullness. So, what are we to do? Are we to resign ourselves to dissatisfaction and the frustration of our deepest longings because it's never going to happen? Are we simply to wait for something that will never arrive? Well, the great tragedy and the spiritual sickness of our time is that many of us seek our satisfaction in this world and in the things our world has to offer. And the fact is, the limited goods of this world can never correspond to the limitlessness of our desire. And so our response very often is to shrink our expectations and to hope for less. Our horizon comes to be limited to this world and our hopes are placed on these material goods. And so our lives end up being reduced to those of consumers. So what dare we hope for? Dare we dream of the fullness of life and love, of joy and of happiness? John the Baptist asked the question, is Jesus the one who corresponds to the one for whom we've been waiting? Jesus' answer is to invite us to consider his words and his deeds. He works in favour of a broken humanity, healing, restoring sight, restoring life. And he's also the one who proclaims the definitive truth about God. That God is the one who is close and who longs to bless. But Jesus is more than a wonder worker. And he's more than just a prophet. Over and above his words and deeds is his identity. Who he is. Jesus of Nazareth, the cousin of John the Baptist, is also God made man. He's the eternal son dwelling among his people. God himself, living the life of humanity. So that humanity might live the eternal life of God. He's the one who has come to give us the fullness of life, of God's life. He's the one we've been waiting for. He's the one who corresponds to our highest hopes and desires. And so gazing upon Christ, we see that our horizon extends beyond death, And our desires don't end in frustration. We need not seek in vain after our ultimate happiness here on earth. 
we turn to Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And he'll act on our behalf, teaching, healing us, and leading us to eternal life. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.